Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramay. Hey everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One here on the Overtime Media Network. I'm Mark Daly. I'm your host. And we are back to wrap yet another Grand Prix round four of the 2020 Formula One World Championship. Went earlier today on Sunday at Silverstone. And, well, it it was quite a finish, wasn't it? Uh, Lewis Hamilton barely sneaking across the line in what was a very, very dramatic last lap. But uh, before we get into what happened in the Grand Prix, why don't we just uh, quickly just uh, run down the top 10 in the final classification. We had uh, Lewis Hamilton winning again. Seems like Lewis uh, wins each and every year uh, at at the British Grand Prix, followed up by uh, Max Verstappen. After all that, only 5.8 seconds behind Charles Leclerc sneaking onto the podium for Ferrari, which, uh, you know, they probably didn't deserve considering how terrible they've been. But motor racing, like many other things, isn't so much what how what you deserve, but uh, how you actually do on the day. And they just happen to be in the right uh, place at the right time. P4 was Danny Ricardo in the first uh, Renault. Lando Norris, P5, another good showing uh, from the uh, from the youngster. Esteban Ocon in the uh, the second Renault. So a very good uh, finish for the for the French team. Uh, best result that they've had in a while. Uh, Pierre Gasly in P7 for Alpha Tauri. Alex Albon in the second Red Bull. P9 was Lance Stroll in the Racing Point, which was a very disappointing weekend for them. And Sebastian Vettel rounding out the top 10, getting a single point for his uh, efforts on the weekend. And then I should just mention that Valtteri Bottas, after that uh, dramatic last lap and having to puncture himself, just missed out the uh, getting back into the points and uh, was just uh, behind uh, Sebastian Vettel by just about a second or so, or actually uh, quite a little bit uh, less than that, under a second. Anyways, so that means in the driver's standings, we now have uh, Lewis Hamilton on top, as he's been for a couple of weeks now, 88 points, leading his teammate, extending the gap now a little bit, 30 points ahead of uh, Valtteri Bottas, who has 58. Max Verstappen into third with 52 points. Lando Norris, very solid. Loving what I'm seeing from Lando this year. The McLaren driver, fourth in the Drivers' World Championship right now with 36 points. And Charles Leclerc, P5, fifth in the World Championship with 33 points. Obviously, very, very disappointing uh, for him where he is right now. Sebastian Vettel, a teammate, only 10 points this year. 13th place in the World Championship. It is just... uh, becoming an Anis Horribilis for Sebastian Vettel. So, well, let's uh, look over the Constructors' uh, Championship. No surprise here, as it usually is uh, each and every year. Mercedes, 146 points uh, at the top of the Constructors. Red Bull, 78. McLaren, 51. Very good showing for McLaren. Very impressed uh, with what they've done so far this year. Ferrari, 43 points. And then Racing Point, rounding up the top five. In the Constructors' uh, Championship with uh, 42 points. Uh, Williams is the only team thus far not to score a point in the World Championship. So they are at the bottom where they have been and uh, a bit uh, obviously disappointing for them. However, what uh, what an exciting finish we had. And uh, we saw three punctures right uh, at the end of the race 
four if you count uh, what happened uh, to Kimi Raikkonen uh, just a couple of laps uh, before that. Anyways, we had Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, and Carlos Sainz all suffering uh, a very similar, very, almost identical uh, left front tire. Uh, well, it was a complete uh, puncture, explosion, whatever you want to call it, uh, that uh, that happened in the closing laps of the the, the race. Hamilton managed to, to stay out there. He was on the final lap of the race. At that point, he was about 30 seconds ahead of, uh, of, of Max Verstappen, who was uh, running in P2 at that point uh, because uh, Bottas jumped, uh, dropped down quite a bit, and uh, Carlos Sainz uh, as well. Uh, Bottas, uh, obviously, as I mentioned just now, did not make it back into the, uh, in, into the, into the points, but Max pitted just before that uh, to get a fresh set of tires, which was obviously, I think, uh, an attempt to, to try and secure that single point for the fastest lap of the race and why not i mean i know there was a lot of discussion after the race that why did they pit uh, max to give him the fresh the fresh tires when they didn't really need to but excuse me but they needed to do something uh because i mean he was there and again at arm's length uh, to the mercedes because we've seen now the way that ferrari's slowly been dropping away um uh, and, and losing ground to mercedes over the past uh, 18 months or so uh, obviously uh, through the first uh, four races of this year all of last year that Red Bull, despite what Christian uh, Christian Horner was saying a couple of months ago, or maybe a, a little bit uh, more recent than that, that they were the most uh, prepared that they'd been entering a world championship since about 2012 or 2013, something like that, hasn't really uh, translated into uh, actually closing the gap uh, to uh, Mercedes at the front and. Whereas uh, Ferrari has been a little bit closer and is um, obviously they, they've won a good number of races over the past uh, several years. Uh, you know, Red Bull just hasn't been able to uh, to, to close that gap and Ferrari is uh, quickly fading in the rearview mirror. But however, going back to the, uh, the the race today, I mean, obviously very dramatic to, to see the, the, the top two drivers in the race. I mean, uh, Bottas and Hamilton. It was uh, it was going to be between the two of them, but uh, once we had all that drama right at the end, had that happened maybe half a lap earlier, maybe Max uh, Verstappen uh, sneaks that uh, that that victory away from uh, Lewis Hamilton and uh, claims uh, claims the glory for himself. But uh, very very bizarre stuff to see three three or four cars uh, suffer similar fate uh, in a very very short amount of time. Anyways, uh, Mario Asola, who is the uh, Pirelli Formula One uh, boss, has said that they're going to analyze everything 360 degrees. And uh, Asola added to that, quote, we will obviously investigate what happened in the last few laps. It's a bit early now to give you any conclusion. It could be high wear because for sure tires with 38 laps or more on this circuit are quite worn. But I'm not saying that the wear is the cause of the issue. It can be uh, debris because we had pieces of the front wing of Kimi that were on the track, but it's also some other debris. So that's that's why we want to investigate not only the tires with a failure, but all the other tires used in the last laps of the race to understand if we find any other cut or any other possible indication of what happened. We don't want to exclude anything. We want to analyze everything 360 degrees and avoid excluding any possibility because it's a big mistake when you have these kinds of uh, investigations. We have to consider all possibilities. What we can do is to analyze the tires from race from the race to understand if there's anything in the construction that was up subject to excessive stress or whatever, but this is also one of the investigations, end quote. Yeah, very, very just uh, bizarre circumstances. I mean, it's not unusual to see a car have have a have a, a puncture, especially if uh, you're dicing and racing with another car, and you get uh, you know maybe brush up against uh, the the front end plate uh, on one of the wings. 
you know, it's a, it's almost like a knife edge or a razor blade, and that uh, can obviously do some damage. Obviously, picking up uh, some uh, debris uh, that uh, that can be a, a problem as well, and that can puncture it uh, as well. You know, these little shards and bits of carbon fiber that come off of uh, bodywork can be all sorts of things. But uh, even though that uh, Kimi Raikkonen uh, was uh, doing a, a very good uh, impression of, uh, I'm not really sure, fireworks. I mean, there was a lot of sparks coming off uh, the uh, you know the underside of that front wing. Uh, the, the the left side that uh, that failed but was that enough to really put a lot of debris down on the track who knows we'll wait and see and find out what uh, Pirelli's investigation uh, digs up but it wasn't really all that uh, dramatic it wasn't like the the entire car exploded and there was a lot of stuff uh, going out and I mean you can't even really say the same thing for the accident uh, that Danny Kvyat had uh, what was it, about 10 or 15 laps in the into the race when he crashed hard going through uh, maggots in that uh, that complex of uh, high speed uh, corners here because he was well off the track so that uh, that wouldn't have had uh, anything uh, to do with it but it was very, very, it was unusual and uh, very, very dramatic. Lewis, who uh, actually uh, went on to, to, to win the race, said, quote, his heart nearly stopped after you, uh, end quote, after he held on for that uh, that, that uh, victory. Uh, and Lewis had to add to that, quote, up until that last lap, everything was relatively smooth sailing. The tires felt great. Valtteri was really pushing incredibly hard, and I was doing some management of that tire, and he looked like he wasn't doing any. When I heard that uh, his tire went, I was also looking at mine, and everything seemed fine. The car was still turning no problem, so I was thinking maybe it's okay. Those last few laps, I started to back off, and then down the straight, it just deflated. I just noticed the shape uh, just shift a, a little bit. That was definitely a heart-in-the-mouth kind of feeling, because I wasn't quite sure if it had gone down until I hit the brakes and you could see the tire was falling off the rim. Then just driving it, trying to keep the speed up because uh, sometimes we'll fly off and break the wing and all these different things. Oh my god, I was just praying to try and get around and not be too slow. I nearly didn't get around those last two corners, but thank god we did. I really owe it to, to the team. I think ultimately we should maybe have stopped towards the end once we saw the delaminations, or sorry, delaminations, uh, end quote. Yeah, well, it's uh, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty, of course, and uh, Lewis uh, certainly uh, was very thankful and uh, quite lucky to hang on to the win. Anyways, uh, time for a break here on the Overtime Media Network. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right. Well, welcome back to the show. Well, sticking with the the dramatic final moments of uh, this uh, the, this week's uh, British Grand Prix, just adding to uh, the the comments from uh, Pirelli boss uh, Mario Asola talking about uh, one of the possibilities that uh, could have caused those uh, dramatic uh, tire punctures and uh, deflations late in the race uh, for Lewis Hamilton, uh, Valtteri Bottas, and Carlos Sainz. 
Hamilton actually added a bit of weight uh, to this argument, uh, and uh, he he believes that uh, that debris could have been uh, the, the the cause of uh, what he had. And Hamilton had to say, quote, it will be quite interesting to see what they come back with, because obviously they can see the tread in terms of what caused the failure. But I'm convinced that it was probably was debris. There was a lot of debris on the track. There was one car ahead of me. It may have been Kimmy or someone like that that lost his wing, came off right in front of me on one of the laps. From the safety car, there was all the debris uh, all the way through maggots and beckets. I don't think that was cleared up. The tire was working totally fine to the point where I think I could have pushed and done some decent laps towards the end's pace-wise, but fortunately I didn't. Moving forwards, we'll look into how we can do better, but honestly, I think you could see uh, uh, with my pace and my tire management was spot on. So uh, Lewis uh, adding um, you know some weight to that argument, and well, perhaps uh, there, there was more uh, debris on the track from uh, Kvyat's uh, accident and some of the other incidents uh, that we saw without, uh, you know, throughout uh, the, the, the race, and there were several, uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, incidents that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that could have caused that, and we had a couple of uh, safety cars. So on all, all uh, a very, very dramatic uh, race. Anyways, uh, Lewis also said that he was uh, pushing pretty flat chat throughout uh, the, the race uh, today because of uh, Valtteri uh, Bottas's chase uh, behind him in second, uh, just before they actually had their, um, their, their, their blowouts there. Anyways, uh, Lewis had to say, quote, we were a pretty flat chat, to be honest. Valtteri was obviously chasing and keeping the gap. It was between 1.2 to 2 seconds for a good period, and then all of a sudden he started to fall away. I managed to keep a good pace, and he started to drop away. I think it got to 7 seconds at one stage, so I'm not really sure what happened. I'm sure he just killed that left front tire, I'm assuming, and it started to drop off for him. Uh, But for me, the car was feeling fine, so I kept up uh, the decent pace, end quote. Well, yeah, it, uh, it it certainly was, uh, you know, I think another one of those uh, races that uh, that the Valtteri Bottas is really going to uh, be uh, quite frustrated about. You had uh, two weeks ago in Hungary that uh, that jump start that he had that uh, really put him behind the eight ball right from the you know the, the start of the race where he lost uh, several spots uh, because of his uh, bad start. And uh, even though he managed to claw his way back up uh, towards the top at the end of the race, it was too little too late. And uh, Lewis uh, winning that race and then uh, winning again today while uh, Bottas scored no points. He's dropped uh, a significant uh, amount of uh, you know points in the world championships uh, in, a, in a very, very short amount of time. <clears throat> of course, we don't actually know how many races we're going to get uh, by the end of the year. I mean, I think we're at uh, 13 confirmed races right now. They're still aiming uh, to get up uh, to uh, between 15 and 18. And it looks like if some of these other races get confirmed at the uh, the end of the year in the Asian and Middle Eastern portions uh, of, of the season, I mean, we were talking about maybe seeing uh, the Vietnamese Grand Prix go ahead. Maybe Malaysia and Bahrain sounds like it's on for a doubleheader before we get to, to Abu Dhabi for the traditional uh, finale. So... Regardless, uh, I mean, even if we get to 18, that's going to be four races uh, shorter than the originally planned 22 races for this year. And like I say, I mean, uh, Bottas is, uh, he, he's really let go uh, or, or dropped a significant amount of points uh, to his teammate over the past uh, two races. And well, I mean, right now, and I guess, uh, as we uh, say on this show almost uh, all the time, when, uh, when Lewis Hamilton is winning, do you really want to, you know, to, uh, to bet against him? 
But for Valtteri, I have to feel a, a little bit bad for him because, I mean, he has been driving uh, pretty good. I mean, the uh, the, the jumpstart uh, notwithstanding in Hungary, I mean, that is just uh, a bit of a mental lapse when, uh, you know, you get uh, these guys who are hyper-focused in the car. He's following the wrong uh, lights. Uh, he was looking at uh, some indicators on his dashboard, and that's uh, what, uh, you know, it was something to do with the revs, and that's uh, what caused the confusion there. So, I mean, that is his own error, of course, and, I mean, he, he pretty much uh, said as much uh, after the race and uh but i mean he's been quick he's had pace but it just hasn't translated into the two best uh, results uh, that uh, he was uh, hoping for over the past uh, couple of weekends gets a chance to do it uh, next weekend and then uh you know after that uh, we've got the spanish grand prix coming up uh, before we have a bit of a break before we get to, uh, to belgium and then monza and then uh to uh, mugello at the the beginning of september but still, I mean, uh, Valtteri Bottas has to, uh, he's going to be in a little bit of, uh, I guess uh, you want to say damage control at the moment and, and try not to hemorrhage uh, too many points away. Because uh, if he has too many more weekends like this, then, you know, at some point it's going to be too difficult to, to close that gap uh, to his teammate. I mean, with, with a 30 point deficit at the moment. You know, I mean, it, it is still early days in the year, but, uh, you know, considering the setbacks that uh, Bottas has had, I mean, he could find himself in a hole that he's not going to be da- be able to dig himself out, uh, you know, before uh, too much uh, longer. Anyways, uh, moving uh, down the pit lane now to uh, Red Bull, Christian Horner, the team principal at Red Bull Racing, said that there was no guarantee Max would have made it to the end uh, of the British Grand Prix without the, the late pit stop uh, that he had. I mean, there was obviously... Um, initially the, the, the speculation was, and this was uh, my guess when I was watching the race, that it was just, uh, he had a, a basically a, a free pit stop in his pocket because, uh, Charles was, uh, quite, uh, you know, quite far behind him. Thought maybe it was uh, an effort to try and uh, snag that, uh, single point, uh, for the, uh, you know, fastest lap of the race. Anyways, uh, Christian uh, added a little bit of uh, clarity uh, to that, uh, and uh, he said, uh, quote, We were particularly uh, concerned with Valtteri getting that puncture because Max had reported big vibrations as well. So we elected to make the pit stop, and the tire that's actually come off the car has got a lot of cuts in it as well. So it's no guarantee that uh, he, Max, uh, would have got to the end of the race. So while it feels like we missed out a bit with Lewis's luck at the end there, if we had stayed out, there's no guarantee we would have gone around uh, the lap without picking up a puncture. So I think we just have to be grateful for what we benefited from Bottas, but we feel a little bit unlucky. Lewis's luck rules with them at the moment that we missed out on the victory, but congratulations to them. They had a very dominant car today, end quote. Very dominant car today, last week, two weeks ago. <laughs> Do we want to make the argument they've had a dominant car for the past uh what, going on uh, six, seven seasons now? Anyways, uh, Max himself says, says he felt lucky and unlucky after wh- what happened uh, in the last couple laps of the British uh, Grand Prix. Uh, Max, uh, <laughs> he was a little bit uh, uh, frustrated on the radio saying for blank sake, but uh, afterwards uh, he calmed down a little bit and he said, quote, uh, we did good, not bad, good points, good podium. Uh, we did well. We should be happy with second when you have this. Anyways, it's still good. End quote. Anyways, after the uh, the, the race in the post-race interview, Max went on and uh, added, uh, quote, I mean, it's unlucky and lucky, you know. They uh, were, of course, in the race uh, too quick. Mercedes, of course. And yeah, the, the tires at one point, they didn't look uh, great with like 10 laps uh, to, to go. So I was already on the radio. Guys, you know, the right front doesn't look very pretty. Then, of course, uh, Valtteri got a puncture. I came on the radio. I'm going to go back out. Then they boxed me for the fastest lap. 
And then, of course, unfortunately, Lewis got a puncture himself. But, you know, I'm very happy with second. It's a very good result for us again. Uh, end quote. And yeah, I mean, it is a good uh, result for them. But, uh, you know, it's you know, no matter what he does, he's uh, Max is just kind of in this uh, th- this weird little, well, I guess, a uh, term of the, uh, the the moment is very 2020 is bubble. You know, he he's obviously not fast enough to to uh, you know to, to to fight head to head with the the the, the 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 Mercedes cars, but he also at the at the same time he's he's faster than say the the racing points. He's faster than the 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 the, the Renaults, the McLarens, uh, the the Ferraris, and you know they're sort of in that uh, that uh, best of the rest of the rest group, uh, and that kind of changes uh, from week to week. But uh, Red Bull is just kind of in this weird kind of uh, gap in between they're they're faster than everyone else but they're at arm's length uh, from uh, Mercedes and you know that's uh, that that's why I say I mean, it's a, it, I mean Max even said in his interview that uh, he felt they uh, pitted him for the fastest lap Horner said that there was no guarantee so they were trying to cover off any uh, you know late uh, drama so probably a little bit uh, in between if uh, the, the the truth be known but uh, certainly it uh, it was a good result uh, for them but um, you know to to end up uh, only five and a half five point eight seconds uh, behind Lewis by the time it was all said and done uh, you know it was it was very very close uh, for for Max uh, Verstappen and uh, this obviously feels a little bit cheated but still a decent result nonetheless anyway so time for another break here on the overtime media network don't go away we'll be back in just a moment all right. Well, uh, welcome back to the show. And just uh, sticking uh, very briefly with uh, Red Bull for just uh, one more uh, moment, uh, the chief engineer, Paul Monahan at Red Bull Racing, said that uh, they have to be brutally honest, admit that they have to uh, provide Max Verstappen's teammate, Alex Albon, with a, a, ba- a better balanced uh, car. Just uh, a really, really uh, bad race, bad weekend uh, for, for uh, Albon. And uh, he really struggled uh, in, in qualifying this uh, this uh, year, all year. And uh, anyways, uh, they provided him with a, a veteran race engineer, Simon Rennie, uh, who returned to track duty for the first time at Silverstone this uh, weekend. Uh, anyways, uh, Albon had a big crash in practice on Friday, uh, lost more time with uh, power unit uh, issues on Saturday, and then he had to settle for 12th in qualifying, and then uh, Max ended up on row two to start the race in, in third. Anyways, uh, Monaghan had to say, quote, you often find around here when it gets a little bit windy, the car is going to be a little tricky to drive. And I think it's fair to say if you looked at Friday's pace, then it's a little bit disappointing for Alex as much as anybody not to reach Q3. Certainly he's capable and the car's capable. We've just got to sort it out for him and allow him to do it. I think it's just actually working out to how to drive the this place in terms of how you've got a low speed corner in sector one and then low speed corner towards the end of sector three. And yet the others uh, demand quite a different characteristics in the card. And if we could give Alex a better balance card than we all know, then he will stick it to straight into Q3 without any bother. So I think the challenge lies more with us than it does with Alex. So to be brutally honest with ourselves, end quote. And hopefully for uh, Alex, that uh, it turns out uh, a little bit uh, better the next uh, couple of races. But an interesting admission uh, from, uh, from Monaghan. Anyway, so one thing we can count on this year, Mercedes is dominant. Lewis is going to win practically every race. And afterwards, Renault is going to protest against Racing Point and their brake ducts, which uh, they've done the past uh, two races, and they did it again after the the British uh, Grand Prix. And it's just uh, going on and on and on. It still uh, isn't uh, being uh, very... uh, I mean, they're still investigating it. It hasn't been resolved, and uh, I suspect that this is just going to keep happening until we get uh, some resolution one way or another uh, that uh, the stewards uh, figure out uh, what what, uh, is actually the case you know is this car legal is it not 
Anyways, uh, Andrew Green, who's the the, the technical uh, director of Racing Point, uh, uh, said uh, that he's very confident uh, that the team could prove that their design on the Pinka Mercedes and their brake ducts and everything else is legal. Anyways, uh, Green had to say, quote, we think it's very strong. We've been working on it the last couple of weeks. Some documents went to the FIA at the weekend, and then our defense went to the stewards a couple of days ago. The lawyers have been working on it intensely over the last week or so. We think that it should be dismissed. I think the regulations are quite clear. And we've made the case quite clear how the regulations are. We can see that we've done everything within the regulations, so I don't think that there's a case to answer, end quote. Well, we'll wait and see. I mean, even Ross Braun, the managing uh, director of motorsport at Formula One, said a couple of weeks ago it's a very complex uh, issue, a very complex case, and it might take uh, some time to uh, sort out. Um, Anyways, uh, sticking with the racing point, uh, very disappointing, obviously, for Nico Hulkenberg, who was uh, filling in for uh, poor old uh, Checo uh, Perez, who was uh, missed uh, this past uh, weekend uh, because uh, he was uh, diagnosed uh, and confirmed to have COVID-19 and had to um, self-isolate. That means he uh, missed the British Grand Prix. Going to miss the 70th anniversary uh, Grand Prix at Silverstone next weekend. Nico Hulkenberg, former Force India driver and spent the last couple of uh, seasons at Renault, wasn't uh, with the uh, Formula One team to start the year, comes in, fills in uh, for uh, Perez literally at the 11th hour. They did everything right. He passed a COVID test and all that, and then he didn't even make it (laughs) onto the grid. Anyways, apparently a clutch bolt uh, failure is what um, you know led to his uh, you know the, his failure to get onto the uh, onto the grid and start the race. Very disappointing. I was looking forward to seeing uh, what he can do in, in the car. Anyways, uh, team principal at uh, Racing Point, Otmar Safnauer, had to say, "quote It looks like a bolt sheared within the clutch housing, and that bolt got caught, and therefore wouldn't allow the internal combustion engine to turn over." So where the bolt fell off, it got jammed and we couldn't turn the engine over. I think it's a, a bit early to understand why, but it, it did shear off. So it could be a material issue. It could be an over-torque issue. I don't know. I'm sure all of those bolts are tor- torqued to certain specifications. Say the torque ratio isn't set right and you over-torque it, it could shear it, end quote. Disappointing, uh, obviously, but uh, uh, Nico Hulkenberg um, had to say uh, that it was uh, it was kind of a fitting after uh, <laughs> the the crazy days, as he called it, over the past uh, you know past three four days or so after he was uh, uh, you know asked to fill in for Sergio Perez. Anyways, uh, the Hulk had to say, "quote It's crazy, isn't it? Somehow it fits into all these crazy days that I've experienced, but obviously disappointing for me and for the team." They tried everything, but because of some sort of power unit issue, we didn't manage to get to to start the car and get out there, which is obviously a disappointing problem. We are looking into why, end quotes. Um, anyways, he's still uh, expected to fill in uh, next week uh, because there is a 10-day quarantine uh, uh, period for Sergio Perez, who by all accounts is uh, is fine. He uh, tested positive uh, for two markers uh, of COVID-19 on this test and therefore had to uh, self, uh, self-isolate. So there there is a minimum uh, 10-day period uh, that uh, Racing Point is still trying to clarify that uh, around the UK government uh, guidelines. Anyways, uh, Hulkenberg is spoke to that and said, quote, if there's a next weekend, then today would have been very important to get more experience to understand and learn more about the car, especially in the race conditions. Uh, This just got lost on that side, but I guess uh, it is what it is now. We'll have to see how things go for next weekend, end quote. Yeah, very disappointing. Was really looking uh, forward 
to see uh, how uh, Nico Hulkenberg uh, could have done, but uh, well, we'll never know. <laughs> anyway, so apparently the, the the people at Racing Point uh, were very very impressed uh, with uh, what uh, Nico Hulkenberg uh, did over the past uh, couple of days saying that uh, it's like he never left the team uh, despite uh, spending some time with uh, with Renault. He uh, last uh, drove for the team back in uh, 2016 when it was uh, still uh, Force India, and then uh, he was over at Renault for three years. And anyways, he was uh, still very familiar with uh, with his former team and was uh, was therefore it was a big boost to get him up uh, and running on the, the car and the different uh, systems and the way that the team works now. It was uh, disappointing. He just failed to make it out of uh, Q2 and uh, was uh, was going to start from uh, 13th place. So, I mean, not bad. I mean, uh, considering this guy hasn't been in a car since uh, the end of last season. And I really didn't think it was a, a huge deficit uh, compared to uh, a lot of the other guys that, uh, you know, only really got up and running about, uh, what, six, eight weeks ago. So not really a huge thing. Anyways, uh, tra- uh, Andrew Green, technical director of uh, Racing Point, had to say uh, about Hulkenberg, uh, we are not aware of any procedures that went on at Renault, but he's got a good memory. And I think a lot of the procedures that he used when he when he was uh, driving for us for uh, quite a few seasons haven't really changed. They might have evolved a bit, but the general principles behind them are very similar. So he did slip into this uh, incredibly seamlessly. It was like he never left, which is the reason why we wanted him in the car in the first place. It's such short notice we wanted someone who we knew we could get the maximum out of in a very short space of time. So in that respect, it wasn't that arduous for him. I think the switch was relatively simple, end quote. So, you know, very cool to, to see that uh, that he got back in, got back up to speed so quickly, but disappointing he didn't actually get out uh, in, into the car. Anyways, uh, the drivers uh, were saying that uh, they, they don't actually think that uh, there's uh, such a thing as zero risk when it comes to uh, COVID-19 uh, within Formula One, despite these bubbles and everything uh, that they have. Um, anyways, uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, spoke to it, um, uh, you know, uh, about these uh, protocols. He said, quote, I don't think you can put somebody in a place and lock them up. I don't know what uh, Sergio did, first of all, and second, I hope he's fine. But, you know, I think it's a serious issue. All we can do is be responsible and make sure you wash your hands, keep your distance. If you can't wear this uh, mask, I guess, and be sensible and the rest we will see, end quote. Um, Grosjean, uh, he took a holiday in Greece after the Hungarian Grand Prix said uh, that there is uh, no uh, possibility to have uh, zero risk uh, for drivers, uh, you know, catching uh, COVID away from the track, you know, especially those with the, the, the family. He said, quote, I've got three young kids at home, so I'm very careful on as many things as I can. Obviously, you're not safe from having COVID. And again, my kids, they go out. It's very complicated uh, to ask a two, five and seven year old to wear a mask and they could possibly give it to me. Obviously, we stay away. Uh, we stay as much as we can in our family, but you can't stop them from playing. So, I mean, it's just tried to do the best you can, but obviously the zero risk doesn't exist nowadays, end quote. So, I mean, they're facing the same issues uh, that, that, that we all are. It's just something that uh, we're going to have to work through uh, together. Anyways, um, just uh, briefly before we wrap it up here, uh, Sebastian Vettel said, quote, something doesn't stack up, end quote, about uh, the, the problems he had throughout the entire weekend at the British uh, Grand Prix. I mean, Charles, uh, his teammate, finished on the podium probably, uh, you know, uh, obviously very lucky that he did so. But I mean, he was going to finish uh, top four or five uh, anyways. Uh, that, but I mean, there was a big difference uh, between uh, himself and uh, and Sebastian. And Seb had to say, quote, the car was very difficult to, to drive. I've struggled a lot to find my confidence and I don't know why. So we need to have a good look. 
But certainly, you know, if I struggled for so many laps in the race and it was up from the beginning to the end, then there's something that probably doesn't stack up. It was not a very stressful race. I just didn't have the chance. People around me were faster than me. I got overtaken. It was very difficult to manage myself to stay on the track. Physically, it was not a tough race at all because I could never attack the car. It didn't allow me to do what I like. So uh, now I need to look at why. And obviously, we have the next weekend so we can, can try and do better, end quote. And uh, that that is an interesting admission. I've wondered for some time how uh, difficult uh, that this car has been for Sebastian Vettel uh, to drive, not just this year, but also uh, last year. I mean, this car is uh, an evolution on last year's uh, design. And uh, it was just uh, very disappointing. But also, um, you know, it's it's interesting, too, that uh, that Charles uh, did uh, so much better. I mean, you can make that argument that he's getting the preferential treatment because uh, Seb is just kind of running out the clock here. He's at gone at the end of the year. But I don't think so. I mean, they, they want to do as best uh, that they can now. And I mean, uh, it doesn't sound like uh, the, the relationship is uh, soured uh, to such a, a horrible extent and there's any animosity. So, I mean, they're all professionals about it. But we, we did see a couple of years ago in uh, Charles's first year in Formula One that uh, compared to his uh, teammate um, uh, Marcus Erickson at the time when they were at uh, Alfa Romeo or Sauber, Sauber Alfa Romeo, I guess I should say at the time, that uh, th- there was a, a, a big difference uh, between the two of them. And that obviously wasn't the, the, the greatest car. I mean, uh, that, that that was a car that was towards the back, uh, back of the grid. But Charles did some impressive car, you know, did some impressive things in that car, that notwithstanding. So, you know, maybe it just is one of those uh, things that uh, that Charles Leclerc is just able to, you know, get that much more performance out of a car, regardless if it's a good car or a bad car than uh, Sebastian Vettel. That could uh, be something uh, to do with it. I mean, I don't think there's any question at this point in in time that the Ferrari just isn't a good car. It's obviously lacking power. It, it doesn't seem to handle all that great. But uh, just uh, something that's uh, food for thought. Anyways, uh, time to wrap it up here. Thanks for for coming to hang out and uh, listen to this uh, brief wrap-up of uh, this week's uh, uh, British Grand Prix. We're going to do it again next week. Not really, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I... shouldn't waffle too much i do like the 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 fact that we are going racing i shouldn't complain that uh, we're gonna have back-to-back weekends there i'm just hoping that next weekend at silverstone is a little bit more exciting the race that uh, that we saw today but uh, certainly in this uh, this world we're living in at the moment any formula one racing is good so let's not uh, you know let's not complain about it uh, too much anyways uh, thank you so much for downloading and listening to the show if you want to get in touch uh, by all means do so send me a tweet at scuderia f1 pod on uh, on the twitters or email me at scuderia f1 pod at gmail.com that's it that's a wrap have a great week we'll be back in a couple of days with the regular show until then talk to you soon and take it easy bye for now listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com